So sometimes we think that God's delay is our denial. But, but I want to suggest to someone in here who's trying to get to Jesus, who's trying to talk to Jesus, but you ain't saying nothing. He's not saying anything. I want to suggest this, that when there is silence, God is working on a solution. A lot of the times, we don't know what God is doing. We don't know the mind of God. We don't know what type of time God is on. But he's working. And just because you can't hear him, it doesn't mean that he's not working in your favor. Hey, welcome to the Night Church Podcast. My name is Philip, and I am so excited for what you're about to listen to. These are sermons and presentations by young adults and for young adults. If you're visiting in the area, we hope that you join us for Night Church on Friday nights. Or if you're a regular here in Loma Linda, I hope that you'll share this sermon with someone that you love and care about. Now, for the sermon. I'm happy to be here, and uh, shout out to your, your pastor. Yeah. You, like, you guys are blessed. <laughs> pastor Phil? What? What? Man, that's the homie. That's the homie. Um, thank you for bringing me here, man. And you know what's unfair? I tried to bring this guy to my end, to my neck of the wood, to my hood, and he doesn't want to come. <laughs> like, I'm like, man, you have it really good here. You don't want to leave Loma Linda. I'm like, don't worry, you're coming though. I'm going to bring you out. I, I brought what was good out of time. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. Facts. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get into the word of God. <laughs> um, hey, well, listen, I, I just want to share very briefly from, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, um, whether that's on your phone or a device or you have a physical copy. We're parked in the area of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hang out from verses 21 to 28. What book did I say? Matthew chapter 15, 21 to 28. Um, and if you have it, say amen. amen. If you don't have it, say, hold on, preacher. Wait for me. Wait for me. All right. All right. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Chill a little bit. Hang out. Matthew chapter 15 and uh, verse 21 to 28. 28. 15, 21, 28. You got it. Say amen. Amen. All right. I want to read this in your hearing. Just a little, just a little bit of a, uh, infor- information um, announcement. I come from a acting background, so I was always taught to use the stage. And so, if you see me walking around, don't be alarmed, okay? I'm just checking to see if you guys are sleeping. That's all. <laughs> because I want to report you to Jesus. And anyways, uh, I like to walk around because I'm a thespian. It's just a $2 word for actors, so don't worry about it. Okay, we'll get to that. So we're in the book of Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. This is what the Bible says to us tonight. This is what it says. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to a region of Tyre and Sidon, 
a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, saying, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from a demon possession. Jesus did not answer her a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, saying, send her away because she keeps calling after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, Lord, please Help me. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And their daughter was healed from that very hour. I'd like to speak just very briefly in the next two hours um, uh, on, the, on the subject entitled, I'm glad you ran out. I'm glad you ran out. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am glad you ran out. No, no, they, they weren't listening. They gave you cut eye. They were looking at you crazy. Turn to the other neighbor, the other side, and say, neighbor, old neighbor, I am glad that you ran out. I'm glad. I'm happy. <laughs> let, let us pray. Father, the reality is some of us came here on empty. And I'm glad that they're empty. Because it's when we are completely empty that God, you can fill us with whatever you want. And my prayer is, God, that in the name of Jesus, we would leave this place filled with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, I like to start with stories. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, you, you don't want to drive with me. Like real rap, like real, keeping above 50 with you guys. You never want to drive with me. That's why I asked Phil to drive today. You don't want to drive with me. You know why? Guess why you don't want to drive with me? Did you run out? <laughs> so watch this. It's not because I have a heavy foot. My wife gets mad actually because I drive super slow. Like I got the seat back, I'm just cruising. I drive super slow like a granny. That's not why though. That's not why you don't want to drive with me. That's not why. It's not because I play my music loud. It's not that. It's not because I always have the windows down. It's not that. 
Guess why? Guess why? Let me tell you why. Let me educate you why as to why you don't want to drive the pastor line. You know why? Because I have a problem, though. My problem is, pray for me, saints. I cannot drive unless my car is on him. It's messed up. I, I don't know what it is. Anybody, yeah, confess your sins one to another. Would anybody in the house have a problem because you drive on empty? I see you. Praise God. We need to have like an AA meeting afterwards, brother. Like, like I have a, I have an issue. This is an issue. Like, I need to seek help. So let me, let me show you. So, you know, you, you know, you know, when the car, the gas tank is full. Yeah, I drive when it's empty. There's no gas in the car. I just drive. I, I don't know what it is. I don't like to fill up. I don't like to go to the gas station. I don't like to put gas in my tank. I feel comfortable when my car is empty. So watch this. Watch what happens. I literally drive on empty. No gas in the car. Watch this. There's a place in Alberta called Gasoline Alley. Red Deer. I live in Lacombe. It's about 20, 30 minutes away. Now, when I drive my car, because I know my car so well, I know that I can get from Gasoline Alley to Lacombe on E. <laughs> because I know, I know my car so well, I know the reserve. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, this time, I was driving my wife's car. I don't drive my wife's car. I don't know how it goes, I don't know how it feels, I don't know what the gas ratio is, I don't know. But guess what? I have faith. So this is this is legit true story. True story. This is legit what happened. My, I had like a three or three month old baby at the time, my daughter, and we're literally driving past the gas station, the Costco in Gasoline Alley before we hit home 20, 30 minutes. And and my wife looked at me, she she gave me a look. I'll pull over and get gas. I was like, I got this. Because I know how to drive on E. I'm a professional. I'm proficient. I'm blessed. And, and my wife, like, when she gives you the death stare, and if I had the better mind, I would have kept going straight. But I saw that look, and it meant I'm sleeping on the couch, so I said, you know what, okay, cool. Let me pull over. But I was upset because I wanted to, I wanted to prove to myself, I wanted to prove to my wife that I could make it home on empty. The kicker is this, watch this. So as I'm literally upset because we had to pull over, we literally get three feet within the gas station to the pump, and what happens? The car dies. Now, if you could see my wife's face. <laughs> and I was scared. Because I knew what this meant. And she didn't even say anything. And you know when your wife doesn't say anything, you're in trouble. So we're three feet from the gas, gas thing to pump. And so watch this. Get out now. And I'm like, okay. Lord, 
And I try to get, I try to get the, the literal gas out the hanger. And watch this, this is Costco. Everyone's trying to get cheap gas. So I'm like in front of hundreds of people and everybody's looking at me just like, oh yeah. <laughs> but this is what bothered me. This is what bothered me. Not my wife's look on death stare, because I knew she was just like, I, I went against my pride, I said, hon, she looked at me, she was like, I was like, can you come out and help push? <laughs> and that's when I knew that I had signed my death certificate. <laughs> so she got out. And her perm was sweat out. Sweat is dripping. She's literally upset. Have you ever seen a black woman angry? <laughs> but this is not, this is not a problem. This, this, this is what got me. This is what got me. As my wife and I try to do some sort of pushing in neutral, because I ran out, watch what happens. This guy in front of me has the nerve to say, oh son, <laughs> I am glad you ran out. I said, what? I almost turned into Jackie Chan. I was like, bro, I'm about to lose my Christianity. What? What do you say? He said, I'm glad you ran out. I said, this is about to be on and popping right now. He said this, I'm glad you ran out here. This is the best place to be. Somehow to help me push a little bit of inch and I got the gas. But it, it, it taught me something. There's a woman in the Bible who happened to run out. Run out of options. Run, run, run out of herself. Run, run out of things uh, that she thought she could do. But guess what? She ran out in the right place in front of Jesus. My prayer is, is that some of you run out this weekend. You run out of yourself, you run out of your options, everything, plan B, plan Z, you run out of everything and you run into Jesus. Story goes like this, the Bible says that, that Jesus retreats to a place called Tyre and Sidon. Now if you know anything about Tyre and Sidon, it's literally like a place that Jews don't go to. It's a pagan city. This is where uh, Jezebel sort of comes from. And so it's interesting because Jesus retreats and finds himself in a pagan city. Some scholars believe he was actually chilling out at someone's house in Tyre and Sidon. Some people think he was, the person was Jewish or not. At the end of the day, he was in an area that did not reflect his cultural ethnicity. And I love this because Jesus doesn't care what color you are or what your ethnicity is. He finds himself there, amen? He's a God that goes beyond cultural boundaries. He really shouldn't have been there because he's Jewish. They didn't really mess with the, with, with the people from Tyre and Sidon, but he's there retreating, almost on vacation. 
And I love this because Jesus is able to find himself in places that other people wouldn't dare go. Because there's somebody there that needs a blessing, amen? He's there, and watch this. Watch what happens. Like the Bible says a woman comes up to him and starts to talk. Now, there's a couple things that's wrong with this picture. The fact is, number one, she's a woman. In that cultural setting, you, you shouldn't be talking to a, a male figure who is not your husband or a family member, and she's breaking rules here. She's talking to a Jewish man, someone who is of different ethnicity. She shouldn't be talking to a man, period. She's a woman. She's from Tyre and Sidon. She's literally from a pagan place. Her lineage is connected to Jezebel. All these things are wrong. But yet she's in the right place. And, and, and this is interesting. Watch this. Sometimes you got to be willing to break some rules in order to get your blessing. Y'all didn't like that. Remember, culturally, she shouldn't be talking to this man. But you see, when you're desperate for your deliverance, sometimes you'll go against the grain. She's desperate because her daughter is in trouble. Her daughter's literally on her deathbed. And so now she's bending and breaking cultural rules so that she could get to Jesus. Have you ever been desperate? Desperate. Because desperate times calls for desperate measures. I wonder, I wonder if some of y'all haven't been desperate. Because when you are desperate, you will do things in order to get to Jesus. She literally is there. I'm almost out of your way. Watch this. Picture it. Hey, yo, Jesus! Hello, hello. Hey, listen, Jesus, listen, my, my daughter's really sick. You think you could, you could help a sister out? What do you think happens next? She's trying to talk to Jesus. And the Bible says that he answers her not a word. What do you do when you're trying to get to Jesus? And he's silent. What do you do when you're trying to pray, when you're trying to talk to him, you're trying to get in contact, and God ain't saying nothing? You, you ever been in that place where you're literally trying to say, God, hey, listen, I need your help? And it's silence. Sometimes I realize that we think God's absence means a battle. Hmm? God, you ain't doing nothing. You don't care about me. Okay, cool. Do something. So sometimes we think that God's delay is our denial. But, but I want to suggest to someone in here who's trying to get to Jesus, who's trying to talk to Jesus, but you ain't saying nothing. He's not saying anything. I want to suggest this, that when there is silence, God is working on a solution. A lot of the times, we don't know what God is doing. We don't know the mind of God. We don't know what type of time God is on. But he's working. And just because you can't hear him, it doesn't mean that he's not working in your favor. 
somebody is struggling in, in the house right now and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to say, God, how come I can't hear you? You're not leading me. You're not guiding me. You're not with me. But I'm here to tell you that God, he may be silent, but he's still working on a solution. Hey, I hope you've really enjoyed the first part of this sermon. These sort of productions do require some financial giving, and so if you'd like to take part in reaching more young adults across North America and even the world, would you consider giving on praxisministry.org? And there you can sign up and select Praxis Young Adults to be part of our giving campaign. Hope you enjoy the rest of this sermon. Jesus is silent. I can imagine her frustration. Jesus! Listen, my daughter is dying. She's in the ER. Can you help me? Please say something. Give me a wink, Jesus. Do something. Nothing. But this is what bothers me. You know what bothers me? About the super. Watch this. I'm trying to get to Jesus, pouring my heart. Jesus, help me. Please do something. All of a sudden, the trusty disciples show up. And you know what the disciples say? Jesus. Send her away from here. She's trying to call after us. Hold on to something. I ain't here for you. I did not send for you. I came for Jesus. But the disciples are so righteous and heavenly minded, thinking that the lady was there for her. How is it that some Christians who claim to be the closest to Jesus act the furthest from him? Hmm? You think about it, she's a lady, she's in need of help, she's trying to get to Jesus. All of a sudden disciples say, Jesus, send her away, please. Take a number. We're doing important business here. We're discipling. Find your way home. What? And that's how it is sometimes when we come to church. We feel as if we're going to find Christians, Adventists, but we find Adventists who don't care about people. Like, what? How does that make sense? You've been walking with Jesus for three and a half years, and you're telling me to leave? How, Sway? I mean, how, Jesus? <laughs> Send her away. I could only imagine how frustrated she was. Her daughter was dying, demon possessed, literally going crazy. I'm trying to get her. Response from Jesus. His disciples are yelling at me, telling me to leave. But she's desperate. But what happens not only, watch this, watch this. A lot of y'all would have left. Listen, this is what a lot of y'all would have been like. Jesus, can you help me? All right, Jesus. That's the first time. Watch this. Second time. Jesus, can you help me? Disciples, get her out of here. Okay. Third time, look what happens the third time. When he finally responds, ma'am, I'm sorry, but uh, I didn't come for your people. It's in the Bible, it's in the text. I I came for the lost sheep of Israel. I'm sorry, like, you don't fit in that category. A lot of you right there would have been like, I'm done. <laughs> but she's desperate. And when you're desperate for your deliverance, you move differently. When you're desperate, when you need something from God, you move differently. 
Your response is different. Her daughter was demon-possessed. Listen, man, I, I, uh, I remember when my daughter was first born, first born, and parents, you go through this, you'll, you'll go through with your parent. Man, they sneeze and get a cold. It's like, oh my goodness. They sneeze. We gotta take her to the ER. <laughs> like, literally, when you have a kid, like your first one, Phil, am I talking the truth? Your first one. It's like anything, wind blows on them. Oh my goodness, sunscreen, where's the sunscreen? <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like they're precious. So could you imagine her daughter who was demon possessed? No other solutions. Disciples are saying leave. Jesus is not answering you. When he does answer, he says, listen, I didn't come for your people. Desperate. Watch this, I'm almost out of your way, I promise. Don't sleep, watch this. You know what her response is? Watch this. I can picture it. I, I, like, I'm an actor, but I gotta act this out. Watch this. Wait, okay, hold on a second. Jesus, you don't want to talk to me? Okay. Your disciples are trying to kick me out? And when you finally talk to me, you try to tell me I'm not your kind? Okay. I'm gonna fix your business. You know what she does? Watch this, I love this. I'm a worship. Y'all missed that. Let me, let me do that again. She doesn't get the answer. So her response is to worship. Come on, saints of God. I thought you were with me. Can I get an amen? No? I'll preach to myself. Her, her response is to worship. Really, Lyle? Yes, worship. The Bible says this. She doesn't get the answer she's looking for. So she kneels down. And says, I don't care who is here. I'm going to worship you. Lord, have mercy on me. What kind of determination or faith do you have to have that you're not getting the answer, but you say, I'm going to worship you instead? Amen. Listen, worship is this. Watch. I am praising you, God, in advance for the stuff that you haven't even done for me yet. Come on, say to God. Lord, I know that you did not agree to, to, to heal my daughter, but I'm going to praise you in advance. Come on, say to God. I know that you didn't come through yet. You didn't pay my school fees yet, but I'm going to praise you in advance, God. I, I know that I didn't get the job yet, but I'm going to go out and buy a suit and briefcase because I know that you're going to come through. God, I'm going to worship you even if you don't want to answer me. Amen. What kind of faith do you have to have to worship and praise God in the midst of a desperate situation? She kneels down, worships. If you ever want to give the devil a heart attack, <laughs> worship, praise God. Because he doesn't understand how the child of God could be going through hell and back and still be able to lift up your hands and praise God. He confuses the enemy. I'm throwing all of this dirt at them, but they still go to church. I'm throwing all this pain at them, but they still worship God. I'm throwing everything their way, but they still choose to give God praise. Amen. Worship. 
And watch what happens next. Jesus said something really foul. He says, all right, cool. You got my attention. Okay? He's probably like, listen, listen, you're making a scene. Get up, get up, come on. He says this. Listen, I really want to help you, but I can't give the scraps of the children's dogs to you. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Like, he literally called her a dog. I'm sorry, I can't give you the children's scraps to, to dogs. I can't, I can't do that. Some of y'all would have been like, Jesus, we about to fight. me a dog? You, excuse me, you would have been like, excuse me? You call me a dog? But I love this part. Jesus is not technically being derogatory. It was a cultural expression at the time. It was normal, it was typical. We, we see it from our sort of modern minds, but back then, literally the Phoenicians, those people were literally seen as the lower, literal people in society, the lower class. So he was just sort of following the customs of the time. But I love this because I think he was really testing her faith. Like, how desperate are you to not receive an answer you want, disciples shooing you away, me calling you a dog? You really, you still here? You really want this blessing? And I love it because what she does is she says, you know what? I'm gonna own it. Yeah, my people are seen as dogs. But just because that's what I'm seen as, it doesn't mean that I don't need your grace. I, I love it, I love it. She's not in denial of what the expressions of her are at the time. A lot of us, put, we put labels on people. She's not afraid of the labels. You wanna label me? Cool. I'm a dog? Cool. But I'm a dog in need of your grace. Amen. I don't care what you call me, Jesus. I deserve some crumbs too. <clears throat> I love this because watch this. As long as you're in denial, you will not receive your deliverance. She wasn't going to let that be a barrier to her blessing. She says, I, I need your grace too. And I'm going to stay here until I get it. Because I'm desperate, Jesus. And I'm going to close with this. I love this because Jesus says this. He says, listen, you endured all of this. You still here? Oh, woman of faith. Oh, woman of faith. She's a pagan woman. But she has faith in Jesus long enough to stick around, recognizing him as the son of God. And he says, because of your faith, may it be done. Your daughter is healed. And immediately, your daughter was healed. Desperate. Some of you, some of you, some of you right now, I'm closing on this, some of you are literally literally running on empty. The problem is you keep grabbing for that thing, that codependency, that person, 
that boy, that girl, you're, you're, you're literally codependent upon them to help get you through. But I, but I, wanna, I wanna recommend this, I wanna suggest this, that, that once you lose yourself of these things and allow Jesus to come in, he can fill you up. The, the problem is you're literally relying on things and substances, on things and people and things, and God is saying, rely on me. Rely on me. Close with this. Stories told. Of a young man who was in a museum. And he was staring at this painting. A guard comes by and says, uh, excuse me, sir, the uh, museum's closing in about uh, 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes and you gotta get out of here. The young boy kept staring, unfazed, at the painting. Guard comes by 10 minutes later. Excuse me, sir. Man, jump back. <laughs> he said, Sir, listen. Hey, hello. You, you need to leave. You need to get out of here. It's closed. It's, it's closed. The young boy said, Wait, 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 wait. He said, What? Wait, what? what? Bro, listen, man. I got to get home. Wait, wait. Staring at this painting. And on one side of the painting was this menacing, grimacing, literally deviant, ugly picture of Satan with horns. On the other side of the painting was this glorious, beautiful, majestic, amazing picture, this beautiful face of Jesus. And in the middle was a chessboard. See, see, the painting was called Checkmate. And if you looked at it first glance, it would seem as if Satan had Jesus checkmate. But, but the young boy was a chess master. And so steering long enough, he realized that, no, wait, hold on a second. Jesus has one more move. And I'm saying to someone under the sound of my voice, as desperate as you are and empty, you came here empty, half empty, I want to let you know this, that Jesus has one more move for you. He's got one more move. Somebody, is, somebody has their back against the wall. Somebody literally is in a tight situation. Somebody literally feels like giving up. Maybe you, you didn't pass your test, but I want to let you know this, that Jesus has one more move for you. Amen. Yes. He's got one more move up his sleeve. So don't give up. You're on empty. This is where Jesus steps in. Don't try to do it yourself. Don't try to fill yourself up. Let Jesus do that one more move and take control of your life. God bless you. Amen. Hey, I'm so glad that you listened to the Night Church podcast sermon today. 
I know that God is going to do great things in your life. Whatever you felt and heard from the Lord through this sermon, I hope that you would share this with someone that you love and care about and that you would consider even joining us one Friday evening. Blessings to you and hope you get to listen to the next one coming up soon.